the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for your presence, for your glory, for bringing us to this place so we can become more effective and efficient in life and become more relevant in your kingdom, be sharpened and prepared for all that you have prepared for us. Thank you also for opening the eyes of our understanding to receive your word and to see all that you are showing us through your word. The word says that the entrance of it gives light. Thank you, Father, for your word will enter our hearts in a more glorious way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want us to go to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 74 and verse 20. Psalm 74 and verse 20. The Bible says, Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of clarity. This man is praying. He says, Lord, have respect unto the covenant. That means, God, honor your covenant. And he gives us a reason why he's talking to God this way. He says, the dark places of the earth are full of the habitation of clarity. The dark places are full of evil. The dark places are full of pain. They are full of violence. He's speaking about spiritual places here. We're in the book of Psalms, Psalm 74 verse 20. He's talking about evil. He says, the places that don't have light are full of evil. They are full of clarity. And then this man is recognizing that God's answer to this problem is the covenant. So he says, have respect to the covenant. Have respect to the covenant. There is something that you, uh, you, 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 you brought forth with our father Abraham. You agreed upon to do, to perform. Have respect unto that which you promised our father. Remember that God made a covenant with Abraham. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis 12. And verse 3. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to read quickly because of time. I want us to share as much as we can. Genesis 12 verse 3. God speaking to Abraham here. He says, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And then he says, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God actually told Abraham, that he was going to bless the families of the earth through him. These same families that are in darkness, these same families that are being uh, oppressed, you see, he said to him that I will bless these families through you, all the families of the earth. God is concerned about families. I mean, he didn't just say all the people of the earth, he said families. All the families of the earth, he says, shall be blessed through you. I will bless them. Now, um, when you read verse 2 he, he said to him that he was going to bless him he was going to make him a great nation he was going to make him a blessing so he actually showed Abraham how he was going to disperse the darkness that is in the world how to get rid of the pain and the problems that are in the world number one he showed him that it would be through Abraham giving the world what God has given him Write it down, don't forget it. It will be number one through Abraham giving the world what God has given him. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. You have to give what God has given you. Number two, 
is, is, it came to him as a revelation. Abraham saw that um, the world was going to be blessed through a city. Through a city. So he, he was going to have to give the world what, he has, what has been given to him. The, his seed will have to give the world what it has received. But there is more than just giving the world what you have received. It is also through the operation of a city. And he knew this prophetically as a prophet. He knew this by a revelation. That God's promise to him was more than a physical land. And that he was going to bless the world through that physical land. God's promise to him was a city. And so even though he got into the physical land, he was not satisfied. He started looking for that city. Because that city was going to be an answer to the cries of the world. That city was going to be an answer. So let's go to the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11. And we can read it from verse... Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 10. Maybe we should start it from verse 9, going into verse 10. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 says, By faith, he's still talking about Abraham. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. By faith, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. So he actually got to the land of promise, the physical land. But the Bible says, by faith, he lived there as though it was a strange country. Because there is something that his faith had captured. There is something that his faith had seen, which was beyond where he was physically. So the Bible says, he dwelt there as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Look at verse 10. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. When he was in that place, the Bible says, by faith, he was looking for a city. And this city was not a city made by men. It was not a city constructed by the best worldly designers or, or constructors. It was a city built and made by God. A city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he is going to change the situation of the world by enabling his seed to give to the world what they have received. But also through the operation of a city. Are you here what I'm trying to show you tonight? Yes. That's what the word of God shows us. So he looked for this city. Not only him. Maybe we should read a couple more scriptures here. From verse 11. Let's read them from verse 11. He says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They died not having received the promises. But because of what they saw, they started making strange confessions. They started telling their friends, their neighbors, we are only pilgrims here on earth. We are not citizens of this world. 
And so verse 13 says, um, so verse 14 says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country. That is unheavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. Someone say amen. amen. So the one he is calling a country is also a city. He says God has prepared for them a city. Oh, hallelujah. Go on. Let's read verse. Let's read verse 39 to verse 40. Verse 39 to verse 40. Masokobaya. And these all, you know, he talks about Samson and he talks about all these amazing men and women of faith and what they did. And the Bible says, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Why? Verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So they could not enter that city without you and I. They had to wait for us. So God's program for dispersing darkness in the world had to wait for you and I. Are, are you following what I'm trying to show you? Now we go to chapter 12 and then look at verse 22. We go to chapter 12 verse 22. He says, but you are to Mount Zion. My God. Not we are marching. Not we are going. Not let's go. You are come to Mount Zion. And unto the city of the living God. You have come. Oh, so this is the city of the living God. If you call it the city of the living God, I mean we have the city of Lusaka, we have you know uh, different cities. But this one is the city of the living God. He says you have come to the city of the living God. This is the city that Abraham was looking for. This is the city that God ordained to bring light to the world. Amen. It's what you call the city of lights. Hallelujah. This is what God planned. Oh, hallelujah. Let, let's dig deeper so we see what he's talking about. You are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Not the one that is heavenly, not the one that is in Israel. The heavenly Jerusalem. To a, and to a numerable company of angels. It tells you where you have come here in Zion. There are angels without number. And I'm so surprised, so amazed how the Christians are so conscious of devils more than they are conscious of angels. They haven't learned, they haven't learned about the land where they have come. They haven't been educated to see that here there are no dead angels flying over. Here there are angels of light because this is the city of light. They haven't understood that. So even though they have come out of darkness, they are in darkness in their mind. It's one thing to bring a man out of darkness. It's another thing to bring darkness out of the man. As long as the man has darkness in him, he will walk in darkness. They know not, neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. Not that they are in darkness, but because they know not, because they do not understand, because of the darkness of their mind, they walk on in darkness. So you see this Christian who is not supposed to be sick, yet he is sick because of the darkness of his mind. The darkness of his mind. And so when, when we come to church like this, he says something, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When the mind is renewed, 
the thoughts of darkness are replaced with the thoughts of light. And then you can walk in light. Because you see something, brothers and sisters, um, the real issue is not um, having eyes. The real issue is whether or not your mind is opened. The devil knows that what we see really has no meaning if our minds are closed. So he says the God of this world has blinded, not the eyes, the minds of them that don't believe. So we have talked about blind eyes, but there is also a thing called blind minds. Minds that have been alienated from the life of God. Minds that have been darkened. They can think, but they cannot access the things of light. They cannot understand. He says, and the light shineth in darkness, the darkness comprehended not. They cannot comprehend the things of God. I mean, this is where you find people who have uh, PhDs and all these uh, master's degrees, and yet, I mean, some of them have more degrees than a thermometer. And yet, they will tell you there is no God. They have eyes, but they cannot see because their minds are blinded. That's why they cannot see. Now, let me tell you something. A blind man is not a man who cannot see. He can see. The issue is, all he can see is darkness. Ask any blind person, he'll tell you, why is this darkness? So he says, I cannot see. Because darkness means absence. It means nothing. So he tell you, he sees nothing. Because he's blinded. Praise God. So he says, you have come to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Hey, come on. Church of who? The firstborn. Firstborn. I thought he was the only born. No, the Bible calls him firstborn. This is a reality after the resurrection. Before the resurrection, Jesus Christ was the only born. After the resurrection, he became the firstborn. And there is a reason why he is the firstborn. You and I are that reason. We are born of God. So he cannot be the only begotten anymore. He is the first begotten. Revelation calls him the first begotten from the dead. Romans calls him the firstborn among many brethren. He is the firstborn. And he calls the church the church of the firstborn. So the same the same people he calls the church, he calls them a city. So, Zion is the heavenly Jerusalem. Zion is the city of the living God. Zion is the church of the firstborn. So, Carlos Christian Church is the Zion of God. It's the church of the firstborn. Are you, are you getting the idea now? Oh, glory to God. So, he says, you have come to such a place. You have come to a wonderful place. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Glorious things. So we, we said something. We said that he showed Abraham how this was going to happen. And that's why Abraham, the Bible says, by faith he looked for a city. Faith only comes by hearing. Unless God had told him he wouldn't be looking for such a city. 
So God had already shown in his program, this is how the families of the earth are going to be blessed. It will be through a city. Not only through a city, it will be through what you, you are going to become. What I have given you, which you are going to give them. What I have made you, which you are going to make the families of the earth. Oh, glory to God. James chapter 1 verse 17. God is uh, called by a certain name. and That is for a certain reason. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Oh, glory to God. So he shows us how to identify the things which are from God and the things which are not from God. If the thing is good but it is not perfect, it's not from God. It's not from God. If the thing is not good, it is not from God. If the thing is good and it is perfect, then it is from above. So you cannot say, this sickness I have, God gave it to me. Is it good? If it is good, you should desire more of it. You shouldn't be praying for healing. Ask, come. You should be going to church. Actually, you should be going to hospitals asking the doctors to give you more of the sickness. But no, you want to take it away because it's not good. How do you ascribe that as a thing coming from God? You see that? You want to get rid of poverty. Why do you want to get rid of it? Because you, 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 you think it is wrong. You think it's not right. You think it's not good. And yet when you come to church, you, you, you get angry when the pastor says, God wants you to prosper. He says, no, 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 no. Whatever will be, will be. Whatever I have, God has given to me. If God has given it to you, stop trying to get rid of it. You are going against the will of God. But then the truth is, you know it's not the will of God. You're just too prideful to accept it. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from who? The Father Shatukubaya. The dark places of the earth are for the habitation of clarity. There is cruelty in the dark places because of the darkness that there is an answer. God is the Father not the father of the light. Had he said the father of the light, we would all know the father of Jesus. But we have already seen that Jesus is the firstborn. He says he's the father of lights. That means that his children are lights. His children don't just have light, they are lights. He says, with whom is no valuableness, neither shadow of telling. He shows you something about the nature and character of God, which is also the nature and character of his children. They need to understand this. Is that the light has no shadows. <laughs> but we'll talk about that some other time. So they are coming down from the father of lights. What is coming from this light is good. What is coming from this light is perfect. He is called the father of lights. That means the father is light. The father is the light of the whole universe. He is the light of all eternity. In him, John said, is light. He says, God, in him is light. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. John, 1 John chapter 1. Let's read it so that we, we establish this theme in our minds. 1 John chapter 1. Masokobai kata. Masakaba. Kabaya. From verse 6. He says this. Let's read it from verse 5. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. Look at verse 5. Just verse 5 will do. This then is the message which you have heard of him. 
and declare unto you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Guess what? You and I are in Him. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read it together from this one. One to go. Ephesians 5, this one. One to go. Uh -huh. Go on. Go on. Be ye therefore followers of God. Uh -huh. And then he says in verse 2, what? So he says, walk in love, walk in love. Go on. But for and all other things of ventures, uh -huh. name the man you as we have So he says, these things, these things should not even be mentioned among you. They shouldn't be subjects in church. You know, some people get angry. Why don't you talk about all these things? Scripture says, these are not things we should even be talking about. But when we start talking about this, it's because there is a problem. Not that they are a problem. You see, they are a result of a problem, a sign that something is wrong. Because these are God's children. They are to imitate God. They are to walk in love. And you see, there is no sin in love. You cannot walk in love and sin. You cannot walk by faith and sin. But there is a problem. So when you begin to see Christians living in sin, it's not that they have a sin problem. That's not a problem. If that's a problem, then Jesus died for nothing. The Bible says he appeared to take away sin once and for all. He came to deal with the sin problem. So this is not a sin problem. This is an ignorance problem, an identity problem. They don't know who they are. They don't know that they are the righteousness of God. And because they don't know that they are the righteousness of God, they cannot walk in righteousness. If a man, listen, you cannot walk a straight path if your mind is crooked. You have to think straight to walk straight. That's why he said that the transformation will come when the mind is renewed. No wonder when you go to a church that preaches sin and speaks sin, the more they preach against it, the more it's performed. Because the people become sin conscious. And because they are sin conscious, they walk in sin. The more righteous conscious you become, the more you can walk in righteousness. You see, that is why he said the transformation will come when you renew your mind. Stop thinking the thoughts of sin. Start thinking the thoughts of righteousness. Okay, let's read this verse. It says, "But fornication and all uncleanness, or or, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a sense." Go on, go on. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking. We don't talk foolishly here. Nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Go on, go on. There's a reason he's talking to us like this. For this you know that no homeowner, that's a male prostitute, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Go on. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Go on. Mm -hmm. Be not yet therefore partakers with them. That means there is a possibility of someone partaking with them, even though he is a child of God. Go on. For ye were 
for you were sometimes darkness he's not saying for you were sometimes in darkness you were more than just a person in darkness you were darkness itself he's showing you that a non-believer is not just a person who is in darkness he is darkness and listen the dark places of the earth are full of the habitation of clarity that is why this man's thoughts are evil it's because he is darkness the dark places are full of evil they are full of violence they are full of wickedness what is the solution says for you and sometimes darkness hallelujah but now i am in light in the lord what as children of light you are now light in the lord you are no longer darkness you are light he says walk as children as children of light walk as children of light go on look at this verse 9 he says for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness in righteousness and truth that means that when you walk as the children of light you walk in all goodness remember what comes from light is good you walk in all goodness you walk in righteousness you walk in truth go on verse 10 look at verse 10 proving what is acceptable unto the lord that's how you walk you will do those things that are acceptable to the lord let's go to first thessalonians chapter 5 first thessalonians chapter 5 can we get it from verse 1 first thessalonians 5 from this one masukobaya he says but of the times and the seasons brethren ye have no need that i write unto you is Jesus coming now? When is he coming? Is he going to, uh, you know, is he going to be by surprise? Are we going to know? He says, mm, I don't even need to write to you. Go on, verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Go on. For when they shall say, not when we shall say, when they shall say peace and safety, the sudden destruction cometh upon them, not cometh upon us upon them as travel upon a woman with child and they shall not escape not we shall not escape you you, you better understand the construction of words here go on verse 4 mm, verse 4 but ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief you are not you are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief go on you are masoko ye are all the children of light and the children of the day we are not of the night nor of darkness ever heard that scripture sorrow enjoy it but for a night joy comes in the morning I mean, when I discovered this, when I found this out, I knew every day is a morning. I'm not waiting for my morning to come. My sorrow ended. When I was darkness, that was a time of sorrow for me. When I became light, sorrow came to an end. I now walk in the joy. You see, so I'm not waiting for a morning, physical day. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's a place in God. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes when the light comes. So endures when there is darkness. That is why the dark places are full of evil. They are full of cruelty. So when light comes to them, they will stop suffering. He says, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So what? That day will not take us by surprise. I mean, if a thief comes to your house during the day, you can see him. 
if a thief comes to your house at night you will not see him he says Jesus will come as a thief in the night but because we are children of the day it will be as though he came in the day so we will, we will see we can sense it we can sense that the rapture is close we can sense that we are going to take out of this world we can sense it all those who are born of God can sense it those who are not born of God are busy ah no there is nothing you know the world has been this way they said he was going to come in 2000 he didn't come they said he was going to come in 1948 he didn't come but if you are born of God truly born of God you are able to sense that we are not just seeing the signs of the times we are living in the times of the signs and the master is coming any moment you can tell that's why he says we don't even need to talk to you about these things because of who you are because of who you are you can read the signs you can tell he's coming you can tell he's close you can tell i'm going to put my my house in order because i'm going to leave this world listen the prophet of god isaiah went to hezekiah he told him man you're going to leave this world so put your life in order when you know that you're about to leave this world your your life must be put in order things must be put in place destiny must be fulfilled assignments must be finished projects must be finished you shouldn't leave anything undone are you hearing what i'm telling you he said to him put your life in order for you will die now you see we're not talking about us dying we're talking about us leaving this world that man was to leave the world through death we will leave the world through the power of the resurrected christ in a moment in the twinkling of an eye we shall be changed this moment shall put on immortality the bible says we shall be caught up with him in the air that day is coming so we're going to put our lives in order we're going to put our houses in order our priorities must be put in order we will not be pursuing the things the world are pursuing because we know that his coming is at hand we must be diligent in fulfilling that which he left us here to do he's going into all the world and preach the gospel he's expecting that when he comes back he will find us doing what he left us here to do he said occupy till i come he's expecting to find us setting territories for him burning new grounds for him being on fire for him he says watch and pray that that day shows that churches are in the land he's expecting to find us a people of prayer he says he's coming for the church without scores without wrinkles without blemish or one spot stain forever he's coming for such a church that means he's a tired man living in holiness he's a tired man living in righteousness no wrinkles all the wrinkles should be ironed out by the word of god he says that the church is washed by the water of the word that is this time you spend in the word of god in the time for cleansing you are cleaning up the words i have spoken to you each time we are in the word we are being passed like extra before she could meet the king the king she was supposed to bring marriage to before we can meet him there was a time and a period of passing he led the church here to bath are you hearing what i'm telling you he led the church here to bath in the wilderness he also led the church here to grow to win more people and each time you win the soul you are adding to the church now here the church is more than a building every soul you win is a brick in god's building Every soul you win is a brick in God's beauty. We are the temple of God. Now, let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Having established all this, listen to the words of the Master. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. So Kobaka. Ye are. In James, he showed us our father is a father of light. In Thessalonians, we saw that we are children of light. In Ephesians, we saw that we are children of light. But if we are light, where are we supposed to shine? Are we supposed to shine in heaven? Where do we shine? So here he tells us, you are the light of the world. I want you to see what he didn't say. He didn't say you are the failures of the world. He didn't say you are the victims of the world. He tells us that we are something to our world. We are not nothing to our world. We are something to our world. He's showing us that when we think, we should think in terms of the world. How we're going to benefit the world. The world is the area of our assignment. He has placed us here as lights. We are, you and I are the lights of the world. You are the light of the world. I'll talk to you in details concerning that. And then he goes on to say, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now he's dealing with two things. He's dealing with individuals. He's dealing with a city. There's a big difference between a city and a house. There's a big difference between a candle and the light that can light the whole world. Let's read on so we get this. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So when you light a candle, it is able to give light to all that are in the house. It, it is not able to give light to all that are in the world. Because it's a light that has been set in a house. It's one light. A house that has light is not enough to make a city. To have a city, you must have houses with lights. You must work with other houses. He didn't say you are the village of the world. He says you are the city of the world. You, you are a city upon the hill. Not a village upon the hill. In a village, you'll find two or three houses that have lights. Two or three houses that are shining. The rest, they are in darkness. But then you see the city. A city. There are certain cities uh, whose lights never go off. I mean, they have their lights day in and day out. There is no difference between day and night. And he says that that's his desire for us. He didn't say that you are a city upon a hill. He says, a city, you are the light of the world, a city upon the hill, declaring his intention and desire for you and I. So as an individual, you are the light of the world. So let's talk about this. As a matter of fact, the title of this message is A City Upon the Hill. And this is just part one, so we're going to talk more about this. So let's go back to verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. So he tells you, my brother, my sister, you are not a nobody in this world. The world may not even know who you are, but this is who you are, the light of the world. The world needs you. Your world needs you. You came here to be a solution. You came here to be a blessing. You are on earth because the earth needs you. Let me tell you something. Right now, heaven doesn't need you. Nobody in heaven needs you in heaven right now. 
all of them in heaven need you here on earth. Everybody who has gone to heaven is hoping that you are going to talk to their family. You are the hope of everyone who has gone to heaven. They cannot reach out to their family, but you are here. You are also the hope of everyone who has gone to hell. The rich man who went to hell said to Abraham, Please, I ask that you send Lazarus, because I have five brothers on earth. Send Lazarus to my brothers, that they should not come to this place. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And so everyone who is crying in hell, my family on earth should not come here. My brothers on earth should not come here. My sisters on earth should not come here. God speaks to them and says, I have not left earth without light. There is white man. He is the light of the world. You know, there is, there is, there is Jesus. She is the light of the world. Let them hear them. He has actually, listen, Jesus said something. He said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, brothers and sisters, he's not in the world. He said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as. But he is not in the world. And he left us here to be the light of the world. You and I are the light of the world. Remember what Isaiah says, Arise, shine. Why? Your light has come. Hi. You go to a school, you can actually say to it, Arise, shine. Your light has come. I have come. I have come. But you see, a lot of us don't know who we are. We don't know that we are the light of the world. Instead of conforming and transforming our world to what God has performed in us, we want to conform ourselves to the world. We are better than the world. You are not a nobody. You are not a victim of the world. First John chapter 5 verse 4. First John 5 verse 4. So God wants you to see yourself everywhere you go as the light of that place. Light has come. You only find confusion in darkness. Light has come. Light has come. Look at this. For whatsoever is born of God over the world it does not it is never overcome by the world if it is born of God it overcomes the world it influences the world anything born of God has power to influence the world has power to change the world has power to overcome the world so you say pastor there is so much evil in the world are you born of God those who are born of God have to change the world. He says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So they use their faith to overcome the world. You look at your locality, you say, I'm going to apply my faith to shine here. I'll deal with the darkness that is in this place. You look at your family, you say, I'll deal with the darkness that is here. How? Through faith. No, look at this. This is for whatsoever is born of God overcoming the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world in our faith. So it's not enough that we just, you know, we are born of God. We have to apply our faith to overcome. He says, our faith is a victory. Our faith is a victory. Who are you to the world? The Bible says you are the light of the world. Who are you to this school? 
you are not just a student you are the light of the school who are you to this community you're not just a member of the community you are the light of the community who are you to this nation you're not just a citizen of the nation you are the light of the nation without you the nation is in darkness who are you to this generation you are the light of this generation unless you rise unless you shine the generation will be lost in darkness he says they know not better do they understand brothers and sisters you are the light of the world you are God's answer to the problems your world is facing. You are God's answer to the problems your world is facing. He said, me, yes, you, yes, you. Look, our Father is our light. We are the light of the world. We receive good and perfect gifts from Him. The world should receive good and perfect gifts from us. What I have received of the Lord, the same have I given to you. Such as I have, Peter says, I give you. He meets a man crippled in darkness. A man paralyzed by darkness who couldn't walk. He says, I don't have the money you need. But such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Arise, shine. Let me put it for you. Peter was indirectly, I can paraphrase, he was indirectly saying, Man, arise, shine, your light has come. Get up from this paralysis, your light has come. I am the light of the world. I am here, I have come to the world. When I show up, solution show up. I am the solution. I am the people of blessings going somewhere to happen. This should be your conviction. As an individual, you are God's No, you are not a, a, a chance product uh, of, of, of uh, an accident. Or, no, no, no. You were created on purpose for a purpose. The world is supposed to benefit from your coming. Light has come. Light has come. How I wish you could see all of us the way we are sitting here in this spirit. How I wish you could see us. We are shining here. In the spirit, you can literally see light shining. And light is at different levels. Light is at different levels. You can see it. You can see it. And so you are looking at a person. If you are not born again, that's, that's darkness walking. Now, here's a difference to show you the difference between that Jesus is not just talking about one and the same thing, he's talking about two different things. A city is set, the light is not set. As the light of the world, we go to the world. As a city, the world comes to us. The city is set on the hill so that the world can see it and come to it. As the light of the world, we go to the world. The light is mobile, the city is set. Hallelujah. So now, your concern should be I should become a city. What city? The representation of Zion in my area. The darknesses of the earth are for the habitation of clarity. So, you are the only one who is the light in that area. You say, I am going to light up another person. You win another soul. You become two lights. Now you say, we're going to build a city here. Where are we going to be meeting from? 
will take this venue as a venue for the meeting of lights. Lights is going to shine from here. Then you begin to move around as lights. What are you doing? You are building a city. One house has been built. That's not enough. You need to build more houses. You need to win more people. You begin to bring more people out of darkness into his marvelous light. That they may show forth the disciples of him. So as they are coming in, they are already being programmed. Listen, a city is a developed place. So this is a place for development. In building a city, we are dealing with development. As we win the souls, we begin to build them up. Why are we building them up? So that we can set them. We can go with them. Go and light up on the world. And bring the light that we are winning here. What are we doing? Because we know that God will have to use us to light up the whole world. When we light up the world, when our light begins to shine for everyone as a city, nations begin to come to us. And here we are going to the nations. Here we are going to houses. We are doing door to door through evangelism. We are winning a person here, a person there. But our goal is to build a city. If you build a city without foundations,
not enough that we are a city. If we are a city in the valley, we will be hidden, we will not benefit our world. So we must rise. For us to shine, we must rise. It's not enough that we have light. It's not enough that we are the light. We must rise. Even so, as an individual, you must rise for your light to be seen. As a city, you must be set on a hill. So you are in business and you want this light to spread. You want to win these old people from darkness to light. You want them to come out of darkness into this marvelous light. The Bible says the whole creation is going to be delivered from corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So you want all of them to come into this glorious liberty. The word of God says you must rise. You must be set on a hill. So you are doing business. You must see to me that your business rises above all these businesses. Otherwise you cannot shine so bright. The Bible says let your light so shine that men may see your, your, your shining should be so bright to cause them to see. You need to rise. You rise. Amen. They need to start asking what is your secret? To rise. 
They were wondering what is your secret? Samson, what is the secret? What's the secret of your power? No, it was not because he was well built. He didn't have the features, he didn't have six pack. I tell you the truth, Samson did not have the six pack. If he had any of those things, they would have said, Ah, we know the secret of his power. He goes to the gym. But no, they looked at this skinny fellow and the marvelous things he was doing with the job of an ass. He slaughtered 1,000 soldiers. They say, What is the secret of your power? There is more to you. You see, when people start asking you, What is your secret? It is because they have looked at you, they have probed you, they have investigated you, they can't find it. It's beyond you. If nobody is asking you, What is your secret? You're not shining yet. You come to that place where they begin to uh, suspect that you are using charms. That's an ordinary interpretation of people who are in darkness. Because they are in darkness, all they can see is darkness. So if a person is making it, they can only interpret it that they are making it through the power of darkness. But you've got to show them that what I have is more than faith. What I have is more than charms. You want to shine in your school, you want to build a city in your school, you must see to it that you are number one in your grades. No, it's a requirement. You must be set. Not that today you are there, tomorrow you are down. Set. Set on a hill. Establish on a hill. Set. I lead others follow. We lead others follow. So we're not just going to be having meetings and talk about how we're going to win. This is how we're going to win. By being saints. By being saints. It was then when the light again, when they don't hide it, they put it under a kiosk so it can light everyone who is in the house. In the same way, God, when he lights you up, he lifts you up. But we must align ourselves with his program for lifting us. Otherwise, we will experience an investment. So we must be ready to command influence. So we must talk about becoming a person of influence. We must rise. Now we have a greater job of casting our hands. Oh, it is not so that we can get a job. No, no, no. It is so that we can win your school. Now we have a greater motive for doing well in business. It is not so that we can build houses. It is so that we can build kids. Now we have a better motive for making it in life. It is not so that we want to look at us and say, wow, it is so that our success can be witness of the exist once upon the human that you can see. That our success will become the possibility of the world that is in you. They should be able to see through us. It was there for life so Five and sixteen. 
They need to see. It's a spiritual light, not shine. Source. Let
He says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. So remember, a city set shall be established in the top of the mountains. So he's talking about the house of the Lord, the church being lifted above everything else. Then he says that shall be exalted above the hills. The result, all the nations shall flow from it. This is not the church going to the nations. This is the church drawing nations. This is the church becoming a city of the king. This is the church being a city. 
supposed to have all the Hebrews and no mountains. Look at what he used to have in verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come here. These are people talking, not the church members. These are people. Come here and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Let us go up to Carlos Christian Church. To the house of the Lord of Jacob. And he will teach us all his ways. Let us go up. Let's go there and learn how to succeed. Let's go there and learn how to be healthy. We have seen the people there and live this kind of life. Let us go up there and learn his ways. And we will work in his peace. For out of Zion shall the Lord. And the word from Jerusalem. Go on. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into portions and their spears into prime homes. That means no more fighting. He says, Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall go in war any moment for it. Go on. All hearts of Jacob, come here and let us work in the light of the Lord. So it's a city of lights. It's a city upon the hill. So he says, let us walk in the light of the Lord. As we end this service, listen and listen very well. You are not a nobody trying to become something. If God were to give you his eyes to see yourself, you will see just how great you are. God has made you great. God has put this whole world into your hands. God is trusting you to live a life of impact. God is trusting you to make a difference everywhere you go. He's not expecting you to give excuses like I am a shy person, excuses like I, I lack boldness, I don't know how to do these things. That's why he has made you a member of this church. So that when the world enters, light will enter, you shine brighter. So that as you know you are changed into the same image from glory to glory. God has planned all this. All these people who may reject you and insult you. The Bible shows us they are doing so because they don't know you. They don't know. They don't know that you are the light. They don't know. You are the only one born again in your family. They don't know. You are the reason why they are not destroyed. You are the reason why darkness has not overtaken them from you. You are the light. Go ahead and thank God for giving you such a huge responsibility of being a light of the world and establishing cities, the cities of the world around the world. Go ahead and thank you. I appreciate you for such an opportunity. Thank you for such an honor.